hold on a second Put down your phone Welcome to the feckin' check-in show We might be playing Tekken in the techno drone With Shredder and Spencer but never Donatello The boys are back in town again Shenanigans from QO Man, the listener can't stop panicking Now tell your friends To listen to the sound of us Pissing in the wind And if you feel like joining in Then do it for the win The sun shines But I find myself in isolation But fear not We've got beer at the cooking station Audio and video flows Are coming for you The trainer at Jimmy's show It's cameras action do The feckin' check-in So check your feckin' pulses Lentils, soybeans, chickpeas Whatever indulgence Takes your fancy snakes, ladders Or piss politics Just sit back and relax we got your weekly fix It's the feckin' check-in show Welcome to the feckin' check-in show It's the feckin' check-in show Welcome to the feckin' check-in show It's the feckin' check-in show It's the feckin' check-in show it's camera sack, it's camera sack, it's camera sack should do. It's camera sack, it's camera sack, it's camera sack should do. It's camera sack, it's camera sack, it's camera sack should do. It's camera sack should do. All right, Feckamaniacs, welcome to the Feckin' Check-In. This is episode 13, I believe. Is it 13 to me? It is episode 13. Friday to the 13th. It's episode... Uh, except it's Friday, Saturday the 11th. Um, yes, so episode 13. So welcome, everybody. Uh, I'm Trainer, and with me, as always, is Toomey, as you've just heard there. How are you doing, Toomey, on this Saturday afternoon? That is the best joke I've made all week. Friday the 13th. It's not even a joke. <laughs> I'm good, uh, very good in fact, um, however this morning I learned about the passing of Jack Charlton so I'm a bit saddened by that. Yeah, I was sad to hear that too, I, I'm not a football fan but the most uh, in touch with the Irish football team I've ever been was World Cup 90 and World Cup 94, I would have known like who Jack Charlton was obviously but I would have even known like a good bit about the Irish football team back then, he was definitely a character and seemed like a very nice bloke. Yeah, he did. He was a charismatic figure and it was a time where Ireland had done nothing really in football. We hadn't gotten to any uh, major tournaments and he sort of led us into those tournaments. And it was a big time of change in Ireland as a country where we were kind of in the 80s and early 90s. We didn't have much money in the country. And there was something about Italia 90 that really, I don't know, it kick-started Ireland as a country kind of growing economically and getting on the international stage. Um, so I think anyone who's lived through Italia 90 remembers how special it was, and, and as well 1994 um, in, the, in the USA, but to, maybe to a lesser extent. Yeah, I, I have strong memories of Italia 90, and I would have only been four years old at the time, but I remember the big World Cup sticker collection book that had like a ring binder. I think everybody had that, um, and they had all the different countries, obviously. And then obviously it was immortalised in the film The Van, which is a great Irish film uh, for anybody who might be interested in um, a documentation of Italia 90 and the impact it had on Irish culture. Yeah, and my I think my earliest memory of watching football it comes from Italia 90. It was watching the penalty shootout between Ireland and Romania. And I remember hiding behind the couch and I couldn't believe that Ireland were, were going to win. I just I just remember thinking, there's no way it's going to happen. They're going to win this uh, penalty shootout. And then Packy Bonner made that save. And then the, the immediate response of me and my family was to run out onto the street with an Irish flag, like running up down the street <laughs> shouting... And it's just that that was the type of thing you did back then. There, I, I feel like there was a, a real sense of community back then. 
Um, that you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say that. Yeah, a def- definite sense of community. Um, I would have been living in Sally Noggin at the time, and I, I, I don't know if I fabricated memories, but I think I remember similar types of things happening and that strong sense of community. And everyone was was in it together. And this was like a, a huge victory for Ireland, not just in football, but in in the world almost. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Um, not to be overly nostalgic, but uh, I think Jack Charlton has a, a special place in everybody's hearts uh, from around that time. Um, so rest in peace to him. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. So in this episode of the Feck and Check-In, we don't have anything planned and we're going to go completely off the cuff. Yes, completely off the cuff. I think this is a result of a severe case of writer's block. Yeah, Uh there's definitely that element to it. Um, we both had a bit of a, a bit of a case of that during the week, and maybe just a bit of um, maybe experienced a bit of a low after the high of Andreas Antonopoulos, which was obviously a very popular episode. And then you kind of come back down to reality when you don't have a guest of that magnitude on the episode, and you know the numbers reflect that, obviously. So it was a bit, um, a bit disheartening, but you know that's the way it goes. Yeah, I was a bit deflated after that because we were following a golden goose model. And that means you capture as many geese as possible. And Andreas is a golden <laughs> goose because of his popularity. And we thought uh, we could kind of uh, ride along the back of golden geese and that would make us uh, popular. Um, but what happens is you get popular for that one week and then all the new followers uh, just don't follow you the next week. That's right. That's it. So. Yeah, it, it's hard to build on these geese. So we've kind of, we've maybe set aside the geese model for the time being. Um, and we're, we're, we're thinking of a new model. Will we talk about that for a bit? Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. So the new model, well, it's not a model. Sorry, that's very cynical <laughs> sounding, but it is a model. Um, it's completely a model. What we plan to do over the next several weeks is get guests on to talk about their own podcasts and we're going to kick it off next week by talking about our own podcast and doing a feckin check-in in relation to podcasting in general so we're probably going to talk a bit about our history in podcasting and we're going to use the fe and c and k to discuss aspects of podcasting and how it has affected our lives and all of the different funny and interesting things that have arisen as a result of doing a podcast every week for well not every week since march 2019 but We've been podcasting since March 2019 with a bit of a gap for a few months. Um, so that's what we plan to do. So we're going to have some interesting and varied guests, hopefully, appearing on the podcast over the next few weeks. And we will start that off next week ourselves uh, by doing a feckin' check-in about the very concept of what we're doing here, which is podcasting. Yeah, we'll kick it off and then we'll get some guests on our show, um, some indie talent, um, yeah, people who will talk about their podcast and their experiences and hopefully we can get a few geese along the way and we can kind of build uh, a theme around uh, what we're doing and our guests and maybe rather than have a, a wrestling personality or a Bitcoin personality and not following that up at least we'll, we'll be building a kind of arc around uh, podcasting yeah so we've long threatened an arc back since the days of open us so that would be like an overarching theme that spreads across several episodes um but we never really were able to settle on what type of arc that should be and i think this is as good an arc as any uh to launch our arc model (laughs) the arc of progress bends slowly or something oh very good I, i was trying to think of an arc um Noah's Ark or Ark of the Covenant tie in there, but I couldn't think of it. Well, it could be Noah's Ark if we were to get two of different categories of different animals and interview them. 
thought you were going to say different podcasts, but you didn't. I decided to stick with it, literally to the Noah's Ark model. Actually, that is uh, a ring okay. to it, the Noah's Ark model. Um, Very good, yeah. yeah. We could co- we could come up with some crass acronym for NOAH as yeah. well. So, in summary, we're moving from the geese model to the Noah's Ark model. And the first uh, entrant onto Noah's, Noah's Ark's ship will be podcasting. Yes, and we will be the two... Um, oh, fuck, this is getting uh, we, <laughs> tedious. We better leave it there. We better leave it there. Uh, we'll be walking up onto the Ark first. Um <laughs> But there won't be any dinosaurs on the Ark uh, because they don't exist. Um, yes, so uh, that's what we're doing over the next few weeks. And this week, yeah, as we said, we have nothing planned. So um, we'll be launch into a feckin' check-in anyway and see what happens. Yeah, the first ever off-the-cuff feckin' check-in with no planning whatsoever. And I'm going to announce the F. This is the funny observation. So every week we go through funny observation, entertainment, culture, and kernels of truth together. That makes feck. And this week's funny observation of the week is unknown, it's unplanned, it's off the cuff. And trainer, will you lead us out on the funny observation of the week? Uh, okay, so I'm trying to think what a funny observation could be from this week. Um, I, I, As I said, I, I genuinely don't have anything prepared. Um, so, uh, well, okay, I'll give you a funny observation. So um, I decided to get a new haircut. Uh, during the week so I've really never in my entire life had a hairstyle so I've either had like a Lego man haircut when I was a youngster which is like a horrendous head of hair cut by my parents or my mom really um and then when I like then I started going to the barbers maybe around like age eight nine whatever and I used to get like a shaved head back and sides and scissors on top and it just looked horrendous and if I look back at photos of that time it looks awful um because I always had kept the fringe and it just looked like it used to just kind of creep down over my forehead and it just looked atrocious um and then like in later years I progressed to just getting a skinhead or a shaved head all over and then in the last few years I started getting like a fade into a shaved head on the top and uh as um, some people know, I completely shaved my head then during lockdown, just for the crack. I completely shaved the bald. But so as a result of that, my hair started growing back at the exact same length. So you've got the sides being the same length as the top, and there's no like little, um, you know, like you know when the, the barbers they tidy up your hair and make sure it grows so you look like a normal person rather than a complete weirdo. So I was like, I better get a fucking haircut. But I kind of liked the length that my hair was on top, um, and I and I've often kind of thought about getting like a fade up the sides and keeping some hair on top, but I just didn't have the balls to pull the trigger on it. Um, and then I had a I had a date lined up yesterday, so I was like, I might try and get a nice haircut for the date. I don't know; it's as good a reason as any. So I went into the barbers, got a haircut, left the hair on top, and then yesterday I was in a bit of a quandary because I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this thing on top? Do I gel it? Do I put wax in it? Um, I haven't used gel or wax in fucking, I don't know, like 15 years or thereabouts. So I was kind of like asking the lads on WhatsApp, do people still use gel? Is that acceptable? Uh, Found out about things like powder sprays and uh, gum and various different pastes that people are applying to their hair. All all of this was kind of quite new to me. Um, So I eventually went to the Super Value armed with a list of a couple of different types of hair products that one can buy to style the hair on the top of your head, let's say. And uh, 
they had fuck all so I just settled for some Dax and uh, came back home and the Dax was like a fucking brick uh, it wasn't warmed up at all and like I was kind of like looking at the times for buses and trains and I was like you know, and it reminded me it sent me back to being like the age of 20 when you'd be gelling your hair in the mirror before going on a night out and yeah. you'd be in a massive panic to go get the bus and meet the lads at a particular time and then you start sweating from your brow and it becomes this angst ridden like really panic kind of thing and uh, that just all came crashing back to me yesterday, I was just like fucking hell. I got the brow sweat. Uh, I, w- I was really unhappy with the way I gelled the hair. The, the Dax was in like thick clumps all over my head, having not used it in a long time, and I didn't warm it up properly. So I was just like, ah. And, and eventually, I managed to mush it into something that looked uh, acceptable. But um, yeah, that sent me back to my teens and early twenties. Um, having hair on my head for the first time, like a lot of hair on the top of my head for the first time in many years. Yeah, that actually brings me back to my my teens and early 20s as well. Like back then it was a simpler time. So you would put Brill cream on your head and no, there was no real standard of what you were supposed to do. Like I just remember wetting my hair and then just throwing on a load of Brill cream and just having my whole hair head uh, gr- greasy. And uh, I didn't know what I was doing, and but everybody was, was doing that. And I remember, I think it was a, a girl named Celia or somebody like that or uh touching my hair and just saying ew yeah <laughs> I, I remember ew. the the migration from uh brill cream towards dax because uh, there came a period where brill cream was no longer acceptable because it was like sloppy and mushy and gooey whereas dax was a more solid kind of uh, feeling uh, when you've applied it it, it almost hardens the hair on your head um but uh, yeah i certainly remember that movement all right that was a a huge culture change yeah and uh where what style were you trying to work with with the uh the dax i just wanted it to not look bushy like just out of the shower type of look and i actually i think i achieved it eventually but jesus the panic was fucking real uh for a few minutes there um yeah no it, 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 it looked all right in the end okay great okay well i think that's a satisfactory funny observation probably as funny as any other one we've done we've ever had uh yeah and that was just off the top of my head so i'm gonna put you on the spot next what are we what are we talking about for entertainment this week too <laughs> right i'm gonna cheat a little bit and i'm gonna do two for entertainment well you might um, as well so the first one uh, i'm not going to talk about too long uh, it is uh the real housewives of beverly hills um okay i've never watched this fyi yes and um, i'm sure you haven't i'm sure most males have not watched it uh it's uh, yeah it's about housewives going around beverly hills flaunting their uh wealth and generally being very bitchy to each other um (laughs) (laughs) but uh i've just wanted to comment on the that it's crass and trash tv Uh, i was only watching it a disclaimer because liz was watching it etc yeah i have to say that um but it is there those shows are so addictive like there there's car crash tv and there's bullying and there's uh, snide remarks and there's grudges held for six months (laughs) yeah (laughs) what did you think of what happened in new york what happened on the way down from the room down to the restaurant? The atmosphere completely changed. <laughs> and part of you in the back of your head going, like, this is absolute shite. But another part of you is like, bring it on. Watch yeah. more. I, I have so. to say, like, I watched a lot of Keep It Up With The Kardashians because Grace used to watch it. And um, it was absolute, absolute and utter rubbish. But it was very compelling rubbish at the same time. Mm. Yeah, compelling rubbish that you can't take your eyes off. Yeah. And it's gotten to the stage where me and Liz have now watched 
two seasons of it and we've decided we're not going to watch it anymore because it's not making us good people to watch it if that makes sense it's we feel ourselves becoming worse people <laughs> i i can relate to that um i remember about five years ago when big brother returned to irish tv for the first time in in years uh, because it was on channel five exclusively for a few years after it became less popular and i think it was on tv3 and and me and grace watched it and uh, we were like 70 days in and the people were such cunts in it and they were all just being assholes to each other and even the likable characters characters became really unlikable uh, as the weeks went on and like that was 70 hours of time and at one point I just turned around and said, do you know, we could have just watched The Sopranos during that time. Something I'd never seen and really wanted to watch. And I would be a better person for having watched The Sopranos because it's excellent TV and it's art rather than this absolute shite reality TV. And it was at that point, it was it was coming towards the end of the show and we were like, fuck this, we're not watching it anymore. And we just made the decision. We were like, see you later. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely the right decision there. So I just wanted to touch on that real uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills. We've talked about reality TV quite a lot. Uh, the other, the other point I wanted to make is that the football has been back the Premier League the last few weeks, and I know this is something you might may not want to comment on, but fuck it, this is off the cuff. We didn't confer in in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just thinking, like the emotions that football brings up with me is usually anger and frustration. Mm. Um, and I'm just wondering, do I actually enjoy watching it? Because it was gone for a period of time, and I and I I just noticed when it came back that I was just getting annoyed at referees' decisions, um, controversies, getting angry at the the team I support and and them not playing well and things like that. And yeah, I don't know if you've ever had that with with a sport or wrestling or anything that you haven't watched in a while, and you, you go back and you think, do I actually do I actually like this? <laughs> Yeah, it's a good point. I, I used to think as a spectator, I think we may have talked about this before on, on another podcast, but I'll say it again here because it's relevant. I, I obviously didn't play football, but I used to think as a spectator watching school football matches that everyone on the pitch looked so angry and pissed off all the time. And yeah. I, I used to wonder, were they enjoying playing it? But not really playing it myself, I, I actually don't know. But it, would, it was always just lads shouting at each other, being pissed <laughs> off at one another and going, for fuck's sake, you fucking blah, shouting at the referee and just angrily kicking balls and it's just like I was watching it going are you even enjoying that (laughs) (laughs) playing it yeah I mean playing it it's it's like that it's that tribal feeling you want to beat the other person up (laughs) or you want to like your team to win and them to lose It's, it's, it's like going to war like it's taps into that feeling and like when you're watching it i've just realized like some of the matches at the moment are on at 8 15 and they finish at, at 10 15 and i'm going to bed angry <laughs> i have just like adrenaline in my chest and I'm, I'm going to bed angry and it takes me a while to cool down and i was like yeah i i really enjoy football like some respects of it but, but now that i've had a break from it i'm like mm. I'm, I'm thinking is this actually good to be experiencing all those emotions um, but just as I'm saying that, on, on the other hand, uh, the joy and happiness it brings is like Italian 90 with Jack Charlton there yeah. um, is worth it. But but I have to say the, the ratio of frustration to those uh, happier feelings for me is is much more weighted on the uh, the frustration side. Yeah, I wonder though, is it, is it a release of some sort to shout at the television and express that anger as well? And maybe you don't realise the benefits while it's happening, but if you didn't release that, maybe you wouldn't feel as good in yourself in some way. Yeah, that makes sense. And that, that reminds me of like, you know, people like to do boxing training and, and like hit the, the bag and stuff. Yeah. So maybe maybe there is something to, to release in all those emotions. Um, but- 
I used to remember my brother Rob watching them. I think it was around the time of Euro two thousand and two. Uh, and he was giving out fucking shit to the TV. And I remember specifically it was about Kevin Kilban. I used to, <laughs> <laughs> I used to re- refer to him as a fucking donkey. <laughs> but he used to be sitting there, like you've just described, watching the Ireland matches, getting so riled up and annoyed and angry. And I used to just kind of sit there and watch with him just for entertainment purposes. <laughs> and, and and actually, this not this isn't a sport, but the same with Coronation Street. Like uh, I reckon he probably still watches Coronation Street, but he just gets so annoyed about it. And he's like, that's fucking ridiculous. She'd never have an affair. This is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) The writing here is ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's funny one. Just a a final point on it is like the in psychology, there's a classic psychology uh, study that is about children uh, giving them a teddy bear to beat up the teddy bear like punch the teddy bear to release their frustrations because the conventional wisdom was if you got a kind of an angry child give them a cushion or a teddy bear and let them release their anger on the teddy bear or the cushion um, but they did an experiment on that and they actually found that releasing your anger uh, or the children releasing their anger on the teddy bear or the cushion actually increased their anger because it actually it gets you more revved up and it actually against kind of in intuition it actually makes you more angry so okay like, it, it's a bit like that with road rage as well if you release your road rage on people that actually gets you more angry and more likely to engage in more road rage road rage yeah <laughs> um okay yeah it's so interesting yeah um so maybe you're just riling yourself up by watching football and you would have been at peace otherwise absolutely okay now, okay <laughs> we'll, we'll put a pin in that one will we yeah i think so yeah okay now <laughs> you're gonna be on the spot you're fucked because it's culture <laughs> what are you going to do well you're even more fucked with the kernel of truth so I, don't, oh, no. I wouldn't be celebrating too early yeah. um, okay trainer lead us out on culture and I'll help you out to be honest as I, as you're talking about the teddy bear thing I zoned out frantically trying to take a, think of a culture point but I did listen in the end uh, what I'm going to talk about is, is the culture of online IT support uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that one would have made it past the screening process. Well, fuck it. We're here now. We're yeah, in it go now. For it. So, uh, so as you're aware, um, during the week it occurred to me, was, since we've kind of been talking about online gaming and stuff and uh, attempts at playing Tekken online and that type of thing, um, we were thinking... I was thinking maybe we should try and get something going. So my housemate is away for the next week, so I'll have that place to myself. And I was thinking maybe I'll try try and get some kind of online gaming going uh, based on our discussion recently and just the, the desire to do something like that, you know, in the comfort of my own home and maybe play against you in, in a video game or something. But I have quite an old laptop, as we discussed, and it was, I think I got it in 2013. So I was looking up games that might be compatible with the laptop and I found Street Fighter X Tekken from 2012, which was downloadable on Steam, which is a game um, downloading service for PC games, uh, for like five ninety nine or something stupid, like really cheap. And um, obviously, we we are both fans of Tekken. We played on and off over the years, um, not very frequently, but when we do, it gets really, really serious and heated and very competitive and enjoyable. Um, so um, I was thinking maybe it would be nice to play a bit of online Tekken against each other. Um, and I tried to download Street Fighter X Tekken on Steam. And now I checked in advance. My laptop was compatible. I had the correct graphics card uh, compatibility. I had the correct RAM, all that type of shit. So I was like, this is fine. I'm going to be able to download this. So I downloaded the game and immediately I got a black screen. And I was like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, like, 
I just wanted to play a bloody game on my laptop. Like, why does life have to be so difficult? So I googled um, black screen Street Fighter X Tekken and there was like five or six YouTube tutorial videos already there helping me to resolve the issue. So I had to go and find it dll file from some other site and download that and that sorted it somewhat and then i had to go down and download this service called games for windows live which is like a hybrid xbox xbox pc gaming thing that was launched several years ago that's now obsolete where you could kind of play xbox games on the pc if you had this service and it links in with it and then i had to download the one for windows 8 and then i realized i have windows 8.1 so i had to go and download that but all along the way there were blog posts, YouTube videos, and websites dedicated to solving specific IT issues for a game released eight years ago. And I just think it's the beauty of the internet where um, if you if you run into a problem with a game like that, or an application or anything at all, there's always somebody who's had the exact same problem. And actually, more often than not, there's somebody who has bothered, them, bothered their arse to go and upload a tutorial video about how to fix it. Something which they don't really benefit from at all, maybe maybe other than YouTube hits, but like when it's something as uh, with such a narrow reach as a, an eight-year-old game, like on YouTube, you're not going to be generating a lot of ad revenue for that. <laughs> like, um, and then there were just blog posts, and there was like IT forums, and I actually think it's it's one of the really nice things about the internet where you can find help for these things if you need it, and people are readily uh, like uploading step-by-step guides to help you resolve any IT issues. Anyway, needless to say, like with all these things, I ran into multiple uh, additional IT issues. So I could get the one player working, but I couldn't get the online uh, version working and blah, 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 blah. And I persevered at this for about seven or eight hours over the course of two days. It became this mini project in my life that I was going to definitely get this game working on my laptop by hook or by crook come hell or high water or whatever other hyperbole you want to apply to it and uh so after uh, after eventually downloading patches and all sorts of other things i got the fucking thing working uh two nights ago and had a mini celebration to myself in the apartment but um i just think it's a it's a really nice thing that exists and it's available at your fingertips if like i'm, I'm often some shocked sometimes when people would ask a question like on the internet on a forum um or like on facebook or like uh in a group of people like does anyone know how to do this and in my head i'm just like google it you'll find tutorial videos you'll find a step-by-step guide any it issue or any issue whatsoever that you can think of uh just google it and you will find somebody who has bothered to put together a guide of how to fix it and through through the help of all these people like from loads of different uh, areas online uh, I was able to piece together everything I needed to finally get this game working and the satisfaction at the end of it was just I don't know it was palpable um, but yeah it, it's I think it's just excellent and it's it's something you can always rely on and fall back on it's something with your phone something with your laptop whatever there's always somebody there who can help you fix it that's a great cultural point and congratulations on getting through that saga of installing Street Fighter X Tekken I haven't started it yet, but uh, I, I have confidence that I could do it based on your experience. Oh, well, a uh, uh, seriously uh, arduous saga awaits you, but I'll be there to help you <laughs> along the way if you need it. Yeah. And then, uh, thanks. And then the, the second point I wanted to make about that was, uh, yeah, the, the, that's the internet at its best where you can Google anything related to IT. And I remember my friend, Richard Cody, who's a, a software developer, uh, him doing that maybe 10 years ago. And I was amazed that that's the way he learned. So he didn't actually know a lot of IT issues or fixes or um, 
he would just know where to find stuff. So he would just Google stuff and know where to find it. And he had the answer within two minutes and he'd be able to apply that solution really quickly. Yeah. And I, I have that kind of mindset as well, where I want to do it myself. I don't want somebody else. Now, obviously, uh, sorry, I, I was getting help from other people, but I wanted to apply the fixes myself and wanted to find them online. And I wanted to get it from a point where it wasn't working at all to completely working. And yeah, I, I think I have that in me. It, it, like, as I said, it becomes a mini project where... It's like a task and nothing is going to stop me from getting this fucking thing working. Yeah, I would see that as like a, a coding mindset. Like it seems to me like coding is about finding out bugs and, and fixes and stuff. And some people seem to have more of an aptitude or a, a patience for that. Uh, yeah, you seem to. I do actually have a patience for it. It's mad. Like even when it just was, when it continuously wasn't working, like again and again and again, I was like, right, I'm just going to keep at it. And I don't have that patience in every area of my life just for unimportant things like a 12 year old pc game <laughs> yeah yeah i don't ha- i don't have that patience myself i get a bit stressed i i have a, like a short window of that patience yeah um, and then after that window is over i tend to not follow the instructions or you try five things at once and you don't know which one of them has worked <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've seen that in action <laughs> And then I never learn from it. Um, so there is something, I think it is like patience for me. Is it like patience, reading the instructions. Um, and to go back before that, it's actually finding the instructions, like knowing where to look and stuff like what, like what forums to go into on the internet. And then applying the solutions as well, like following the instructions to a T. Like some people are, don't do that. And I sometimes struggle with that as well. Like you skip ahead five steps, that type of thing. Yeah. You see 10 steps, you're like, ah, for fuck's sake, and you skip from <laughs> two to eight. <laughs> and you just throw it away. Yeah. Uh, great. There you go. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant off-the-cuff cult- cultural point. Yeah. So um, that uh, brings us to, unless, yeah, sorry, that brings us to the kernel of truth. So were you able to um, pull anything together there while I was rambling about Street Fighter X Tekken? Yeah, yeah. Like you, I zoned out <laughs> for the... For but I did it at the start of your uh, your uh, contribution there. Uh, I zoned out and I was trying to Google uh, a quote about being unprepared, but I could only find quotes about being prepared. So I'm going to give a kernel of truth about being prepared, and then I'm going to critique that based on the experience of this podcast. Well, that's very good. So the, the kernel of truth about being prepared is Roy Keane's famous prepared to fail no shit <laughs> Roy Keane's famous fail to prepare prepare to fail um, he's been saying that for years Have you, you, you've heard it as well yeah I don't think it was Roy who originated that that's a, 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 a well known phrase as far as I know yeah I've got it up here um, it is Benjamin Franklin um, Aha. was the first who said it he said by failing to prepare you are preparing to fail and people often mistake Roy Keane for Benjamin Franklin so <laughs> yeah Roy Keane just made it snappier. He yeah. failed to prepare, prepared to fail. Um, but I have heard people say, say that snappier version apart from Roy Keane as well. Uh, anyway, um, I think that this, what we've been able to achieve, I've been really enjoyed today. And um, I've often wondered this about our recent podcasts. Is there something about preparing too much? And does that take away some of the spontaneity of our conversations and Sometimes the best creativity actually comes when you don't prepare. So yeah, that's true. And uh, like when you're put on the spot and you have a microphone in front of your face, you just have to rack your brain and think of something, and you actually do come up with things. Um, 
and they can be interesting or maybe some of those weren't interesting who knows the listener can tell us but um yeah i i, I know what you mean and it, it relates to something i'm doing in my screenwriting course at the moment so we're, we're trying to like we're all of us in the class are putting together a, a film script basically so at the end of it we should have two-thirds of a film script written and the instructor has told us um stressed that we should not write the ending or plan the ending yet and he's like the best writing is pa- uh, partly prepared and partly spontaneous ah great so Thanks i think colonel maybe that maybe the best podcasts are partly prepared and partly spontaneous that's a really good point and i think that is close to same seems close to close to the truth truth <laughs> close to the truth <laughs> close to the truth even though that's not an expression um when I'm in my job and I meet people in the health service, sometimes I over-prepare what I'm going to say to them. And I'm trying to shoehorn in my points or my structure for the session that we have together. And that sometimes can be at the expense of listening to the current needs of the patient that comes into me. So I found sometimes when I've been like really busy and I haven't had time to, to prepare for a particular appointment, that I actually listen a lot better and I respond to the patient in the moment a lot better. Hmm. Uh, so I wonder as well, does that relate to our podcasting as well? Because I'm just thinking back to, um, we were talking about Jenny Jones last, was it last week or the week before? Uh, uh, I think it was last, last week. week. Last week, yeah. And um, it was about a murder related to Jenny Jones. And I had about four or five points prepared. And I think you had four or five points prepared as well and i felt like we were both trying to shoehorn the points into the conversation at different parts of it i thought we covered it really well in like a kind of in a different way but there's something about this spontaneity that allows you to it frees you up and and allows you to listen more rather than being like oh yeah trainers talking but i want to get point number four in Yeah, that's a very good point uh, itself and i think maybe the best thing to do would be to have I've uh, a vague idea but just even leave the bullet points aside or you know don't don't write down your four points maybe have a vague idea or a decent idea of what you want to talk about but let the conversation flow yeah i think so and yeah so like and i think we found in in different things we've done like um with our music career our underground rap career for 15 years like sometimes if you if you just think of things off the cuff you can be a lot more creative Right you are. Like that song Quirky Bollocks we had. And speaking of our rap career and our music career, um, right. I, I have a suggestion for the song of the week. Would you like to hear it? <laughs> Intriguing. I would like to hear it. Well, this song is celebrating its 10th anniversary. It was written by us and Michael Dowd, also known as The Dude. And it's called Reality Check. Oh! <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for joining us on the Feckin' Check-In. This is a lineup song from 2010 called Reality Check. I've been trainer, he's been to me. Any final words to me? Feck off and enjoy Reality Check. Ups and downs, smiles and frowns, we're supposed to be grown up now, but we're not, we don't stop when the cradle rocks. I falls off the top of the tabletop, I'm not able to stop, stop and stare. For too long, I'm too strong to go back there. I like drinking, 
and talk and shite I'm walking with the devil in the pale new light And looking disheveled as the day gets bright I thought I'd be a rebel but I hate to fight When it's late at night and the stars are there I look up to the skies and the stars and stare And think about the world, who we are is there A God I don't know but we'll always care About the highs and lows and I suppose That lies exposed, the cycles chose By the highest Joes and the nicest clothes Suffice to know that they're quite the pros So I'd like to propose a toast to these foes Kings of the globe that we like to dethrone Yeah, where do we go? November's child born in 85 Never felt so old before or so alive Never did get told just how to survive In the big bad world But now I've arrived 24 years old but I still feel 18 It's a brand new act and a brand new scene And while the roles have changed The parts all seem familiar to me Straight from the silver screen I want my face it ages through the different stages My life seems like it's in ghost written pages While I break through the bars of emotional cages I have a breakthrough and start to feel contagious I want to break the mould and take control of my life I stop selling my soul for a price Not worth its weight in gold would be nice To listen to my own advice To listen to my own advice To listen to my own advice And stop selling my soul for a price Yeah Where do we go from here Take me to somewhere Just to feel